Hello and welcome to the Edge of the Box Football Podcast, the show where we aim to challenge football convention with thought-provoking and outside-of-the-box points of view. Today, we're discussing who should win the 2021 Ballon d'Or, and more specifically, which criteria should be considered when you pick in a winner. Because everybody's got a different opinion, haven't they? Should it go to the star player and the best-performing team? Should it go to the highest overall goal scorer? Can a player who hasn't won a trophy all year win it? Let's find out. I'm your host, Harry Brent. So, we normally start off with a teaser. Um, however, uh, after being in a, a bar, a couple of our mates um, suggested, uh, who am I? Um, and basically, I give you some facts, uh, starting off with some not obvious facts. Uh, and then by the time I get to number 10, it's like the most obvious. And if you don't get it by then, then you shouldn't really con- reconsider watching football or b- right. being a football fan. No. Okay, so we will get it. You, okay, all right. So I've got 10 facts about this player. And like I said, number one will be quite obscure and difficult. But if you get if you get it, in okay. the, the least amount of questions, the better. So who am I? I started my football career at Lumenze, Italy, 2006. That is your first so, How are we doing it? Are we, are we sort of taking it in? Or, you take uh, it in and then you can go right next. Or, but can, we, can we have guesses whenever we like? You can have guests whenever you like. Okay, I'm going to, for the sake... All right, go on. We'll have another, I'll have okay. another one. Uh, total appearances and goals for clubs. 325 appearances, 151 goals. Ooh. That is your second fact. Okay. Okay. Uh, still no guesses yet. Go on. Third fact, one. fact number three. I am not retired and still currently playing. Okay. Fact number four. International appearances and goals for Italy, but not including the under-21s. 36 appearances, 14 goals. <laughs> I think I know. I think I know who this is, and if I'm right, this is this is really this is really bad. Is it Mario Balotelli? It is. <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not even lying. I, I, for some re- really weird reason, about 45 minutes ago, I was on his Wikipedia page. Yo, <laughs> bollocks! Fuck it out. I don't know how because when you said when you said the goals, I was like, okay, because because obviously I, in my head he came through and in, into it like 2009 ish time. And then I thought, okay, that fits the bill. And then when you said the goals, I was like, okay, that's a lot of goals. Still, you wouldn't you wouldn't have said he's still playing if he wasn't close to retiring. So that's mad. Good. Yeah. Did you Hello. did you by chance get inspired to do a Mario Balotelli thing after you saw this video on TFO football? Yes. Time level because that's that's how I got it as well. I was looking. I just randomly looked at that video and then I went on a little deep dive. Oh, I'm gonna okay. have to. I'm gonna have to take. I'm gonna have to take inspiration from elsewhere. I know who the next Great person's minds. gonna be. Okay, that's good though. I like so, that. I like that setup. That's, so that's Harry, you got that in four. Speaking of TFO football, they recently released a video detailing. Potential changes to how corners are played in the game, didn't they? Um, and we had a little bit of a discussion on the group chat, but I kind of wanted to open it up onto this because I thought there's a few like interesting uh, points to that. So it's, in, in essence, what, 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 were the, what were they saying? They were basically saying that corners are, are sort of overhyped in the sense of in the last minute, when you know fans get really get really excited for a corner, but in actuality they produce very little, few goals, not not many goals are scored from them. So they were kind of examining ways that they could change the way a corner is taken, so it could be that the the quadrant where where the ball is positioned um, 
is a lot bigger um, or it could be that only a certain amount of players are allowed in the box or or what have you but there's a few little um, bits and bobs and, and suggestions um, how did you guys feel about it first of all do you think that the that you know changing a corner is something that was that is that a good idea I feel like once I watched that video that had all the the facts regarding how many times it's like three percent since 2010 till 2020 in the top five European leagues only three percent of all corners have left resulted in uh, resulted in um in goals but then obviously you got to think right that's only leagues it's not Champions League that will be domestic cups it'll just because otherwise I would have specified um with the rest of them but I still I thought three percent. Three percent is a very low uh, percentage of, of a conversion rate, despite the fact that it's supposed to be an adv- advantageous uh, position for the opposition team. Yeah. So I don't feel like it is an actual advantage because obviously you see people and they go, "Oh, just get the corner, go for the corner." It's like, well, why? It's not really that effective. Well, so at- you think not only is it not an advantage, but it could actually be. A dis- a, a, like yeah, a, it could be. Yeah, it, like, could, it could technically work against you because it's, it's not like getting a corner is like neutral. But then is is it not that you're obviously pushing all the, all their players into the into the box, and even if a goal doesn't directly come from a corner, you know, it could be knocked out and then you know be crossed back in and mm. then and then result in a goal. Would that you know that surely would, in, would increase the stats if they included that in it? Yeah, true. But I just feel like as a defensive team, looking. It's, 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 if nine times out of ten, if a, a team will score a goal on or from a corner, I purely think that's down to terrible defending. So it's not necessarily great attacking, it's terrible defending. So either a lapse in concentration, whether the person's lost the man, they've mistimed the jump, or it's just an absolute fumble and it's like pinball wizard in the box at the moment. Um, I just, I just feel like, if anything, a corner favours the defensive team much more than um, the attacking team. What do you think, Dave? You've been remarkably quiet. Not remarkably quiet, curiously quiet, I'd say. I don't know. I think because it's weird, because I think I've been thinking about corners recently. It's quite strange. I think especially from, not me by, <laughs> but from an Arsenal perspective, how poor we are at corners or how very few goals we score from corners. And I'm trying to think, is that something, is that down to maybe our plays aren't good enough in the air aerially or do we not set up our team to take advantage from corners? So I'm trying to, I think I'm trying to decipher who's at fault. And row your point about when they do, when an attacking team does score from a corner, it's because it's down to poor defending. It's quite an interesting point. But then I also think about how, um, how many goals whether recently have been scored from a resulting corner, i.e. the defending team gets possession from a corner and then they score. And like a counter-attack. Yeah, from a counter-attack. Yeah, I, yeah I, I'd be interested to see that stat as well because I think that it'd be a lot more... I think that that, that conversion rate would be higher than the corner one. Like you were saying before, Harry, you've got all the players of the opposition team in your box and then when you counter-attack, uh, mm. counter-attack you've, you know... There's a lot more freedom, a lot more space. And if you've got fast players, you know, we just counter-attack. Yeah. It's also why does... And I think we might have mentioned this when talking about throwing. I think 
why does there need to be such a big advantage? Like, why should surely the fact that you have possession of the ball in a um, dead spot situation, a dead ball situation, surely that's all the advantage you need. And then it's down to how clever, intelligent you are when it comes to set pieces or utilising your big men. I don't feel that there needs to be any more incentive advantage for the attacking team. I feel that it's just in the same way that I don't think there should be any advantage in other way in football, that it's about intelligence, it's about work rate, how you set your team up and everything. That should be it. And then you go from there. So you you would be against any changes then to any sort of... Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think yeah. it doesn't... I think they are what they are. I feel like even teams, whether rightly or wrongly, I don't think they don't seem to emphasise set pieces anymore. It's not like in the 80s or 90s where there was an emphasis on going long and having big strikers and everything up front. I think football's evolved and, and you mentioned it, has you, it's almost better for you to have a poor delivery to then be able to recycle the, the ball to then that allows the team to push out for you to pick holes in them. Yeah. So I think it's almost, I think it's evolved that corners are, they're just a, maybe an outdated aspect of football that may or may not need to be changed, but I don't feel that it's that drastic whether it is there or not. Uh, that was my thoughts, actually, because I, I sort of thought maybe if you look to 10, 15, 20 years ago mm. and, and beyond, when, as you say, that a football was a lot more kind of direct mm. in, lots of, in lots of aspects or, you know, someone's kind of physical stature would be, yeah come in handy far more than it might today I mean obviously you still have like really big strong players who do you know uh, make their sort of presence count but at the same time the vast majority of the best players now are you know low center of gravity ball at their feet you know it's all very technical so yeah maybe this is just a kind of response and again as you say I'd love to see what the stats were 20 years ago whether they would be that much different um and I sort of agree with you when when you say, you know, it, it, it's all it's almost it's the fault of the of the teams if if you're you know you sort of think well okay if you're not if you're not being able to find a solution to if you're not being able to score from a corner then 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 change it up but but it, but, but at the same time we, we now live in an age where we have set piece trainers and coaches and throwing specialists throw in throw in coaches and you wonder mate well maybe because maybe it just such as the such as the situation that they're, you know, I guess if you've got a set piece trainer, he's both teaching you how to do attack, attacking them, attacking ones and defending ones. So maybe it's just cancelling, cancelling each other out. The last time I thoroughly got like excited at the fact that we got a corner um, <laughs> was, was um, I'd say Southgate at the World Cup. With yeah, the, the love train because or <laughs> the or the soul train, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> no, yeah, um, the soul train, love train. Um, gen- genuinely, like as soon as it got a call, it's like, oh, here we go. Because like that kind of set was good because they're obviously all in a line and it's like slowly walking towards the penalty spot. And then as soon as they hit the penalty spot, it's like the corner uh, taker takes it, and then they all just disperse. It's like frantic panic. Um, which is quite similar to another uh, passage of or a style of a set police play where you have all of the players at the edge of the box, no pun intended, Wee. and uh, they all just basically just come in, like they all just they all just run in all at once, and then the, the corner taker just takes it. So unless people get a bit more creative, then 
they have in a way i think it's almost a catch-22 sorry to interrupt chance it's almost like a catch-22 it's like when i know as a fan if i seeing a corner about to be taken by my team I'm annoyed if they play it short and then try and pass it around and pass it around I'm like just get it in the box but then when they do get it in the box they end up not getting it past the first man they're not blazing it over off above mm-hmm. everyone so it's it's a weird weird concept corners these days that might actually be a psychological um issue you know if because you because you're right even though fans might because fans are sort of historically attuned to thinking corners are an advantage when they get played short there's a groan there's always a groan from the crowd and maybe that's part of it maybe maybe because tifo the tifo video um touched on it in there they said part of the reason why you know corners are so statistically unsuccessful is because essentially the delivery from the player has to be more or less inch perfect it's got a it's got to land at a point where the the a bloke standing um, half a foot away from an attacker is can't reach it, but low enough for your attacker to reach it and meet it perfectly. And that kind of room for error is what is, you know, so small. Um, so, mate, go on. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but the, the alarming facts or stat that, that kind of didn't even really surprise me was uh, during the, uh, the last 10 years of um, quarters of the top fight, European leagues, I think forty percent of corners didn't beat the first man. Yeah, that was mad, wasn't it? And I was like, that doesn't that doesn't even surprise me because because like whenever I watch City, we never beat the first man. De Bruyne, you think he, he can put it on a sixpence, but yeah, he can't beat the first man. It's like, what's wrong with this guy? Mares again can put it on a sixpence. Like, it's just mental. How so many defenders, not defenders, um, corner takers can not beat the first man it's, it's it's actually baffling like just loop it in if you get past the first man and kind of like curl it and loop it or something i don't know just do something but maybe has that got something to do with the fact that it's maybe just after that first man is the ideal place to put it because if if it, if it lands just after the first man then a flick on has got a likelihood of being touched on by another player if you if you knock it to the back post and there's a flick on, then no one's got. I'm not. I'm not suggesting that. No, yeah, the reason yeah. Why they, they don't meet the first man is because every time they're aiming for just beyond the first man. I'm sure they're. But, but part of me think also thinks that, like, as much as there is that cliched complaint of, you know, oh bloody footballer can't even hit, can't even hit the, you know, top corner from six yards out when he or twelve yards out when he's taking a pen or whatever, <laughs> you know, paid hundred grand a week can't even hit beat the first man. But maybe maybe it is a you know I'm not saying it's a difficult skill because I've seen both of you take corners that have beaten the first man and neither of you got paid to play football <laughs> as far as I'm aware. Um, but maybe, maybe there is just a thing of like, if you know, if you're, if you're trying to sort of put it in at speed with us, you know, looking for that area, then a lot, a lot of them are going to come up short, but, I, but, but yeah, but to link back, I was similarly amazed to see it was 40%. That was quite I mad. Insane. Um, but my over, overarching feeling with this and Dave you've touched upon this is like I guess you could call me a bit of a a traditionalist but I just sort of think if it's not fixed don't don't break it I don't like this idea of it just sounds like it's kind of like well I'm bored this kind of aspect of the game doesn't produce enough goals so let's create a situation where there's more goals that I don't like that mm. idea. It's like it's the entertainment factor again. Exactly. It's like, well, oh, the goalkeepers are getting too good. Let's make it a rule that they can, they have to run to the corner flag every, every five, every minute <laughs> or so because there'll be more goals that way. Like 
I sort of think, yeah, if, if there's not enough goals, then it's it, the onus is on the teams to, to find a way around that rather than the rules to actually change in order to sort of... Because I, I do think some of the... Uh, some of the um, ideas that they had were, were quite interesting. Again, it's, you know, changing where the corner is taken so that there's a kind of in-swinger option all the time or, um, you know, reducing the amount of opposite, uh, defending players who can be in a box, all that sort of thing. But again, I don't think it should be, I don't think it should be up to the rule makers to, to do this. It certainly shouldn't be up to Arsene bloody Wenger. Hey, watch your enemy, mouth. <laughs> enemy of football. Wenger the fuck out, bruv. <laughs> Can you have a word with him? Because what's what's he what's he trying to what's he playing at? He's getting my, oh, high and mighty. I love how Wenger out's extending not just to Arsenal now. All in world. Wenger's constantly consistently had like quite reasonable, good, it sounding visions for football, and like he's always kind of been the guy within um, FIFA who you'd think he sort of is in touch with with stuff. And then you hear him. I heard him a couple of days ago saying. Yeah, young, you know, young people are just bored with the game now and they want changes. And I just remember you're you're infected with the Florentino Perez bug. Like, what's going on? Like, he's not Wenger's not out of touch. Wenger's a football man. And he's he out of touch <laughs> the last stage of his career. <laughs> but, yeah. No, I know what you mean. I think I don't know, as I think football's a business. It's like a new app or something or a new phase. It's always got to keep the younger generations entertain because if you lose them then it's the new it's the newest I- ios update yeah exactly <laughs> but that's why I, when when florentino perez is saying this I, I can understand it because he's a businessman but i was so surprised when i heard it come out of wenger's mouth because as much as wenger you know is just like everybody else he might just be out of touch he's fundamentally you know he 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 likes good football and he and he knows about you know he's, he's a he's a master of the game or whatever you want to you know professor the le professeur like how can he be sort of... His role's changed as he's tasked with keeping football entertaining. And it's as sad as... He should be the one telling, telling him to stop these stupid fucking ideas. Because it, it just sounds like he's been... Someone has handed him five million quid so go on, <laughs> champion this for us because we need yeah, yeah, people to listen to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah like, it's sad. It's, but it is what it is. Annoying. Yeah, what can you do? But I agree with you, as I think football is more interesting when it progresses and evolves naturally. Not so, when it's fast, yeah. Yeah, so like you were saying, it's clearly difficult for teams to score from corners. So then getting people, and I know we talked about these specialists, but focus on maybe trying to score and outwitting the defence during a corner and everything. So actually use what you know and be, I guess, a revolutionary in this. And in the same mm. way that Pep did with his football and Copston with his, it's, it's, yeah, just let it progress naturally. You don't have to force it. You don't have to change it if it's not broken. Yeah, there's... Um, We're losing the essence of football. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, this is, there's a sort of weird need to, to like, update yeah. the game. And, and, and don't get me wrong, like, it isn't good if, if you just allow things to stagnate. But yeah, yeah. There's a reason why this game, is, of course, things have changed. Like, you know, the offside rule keeps changing. And obviously, we've got video technology and things like yeah. the pass back rule and substitutes. All, there's been loads of che- rule changes over the course. But there's a reason why this sport has been the most popular sport, certainly in Europe, for the last 150 years. Because, because fundamentally, it, it's pretty fine. 
you know, and I don't, I never understand this whole thing of, oh, we have to change for change for change's sake. Like, you know, when like um, a website will just change its interface, even though everyone is happy with it and everyone understand, or, you know, like a phone, a phone will change the way some things work. And perhaps in the long run, they might see, well, this is a good thing because blah, 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 blah. But generally speaking, the people who are on the other end of it, the people who are the customers are kind of going, we don't, we don't, we don't want this. <laughs> Yeah. You may you may believe it's better, but we're not asking for this. We don't want it. We have to take. We have to accept it because you're in charge. But it's like this weird vicious cycle in society where people want change, so therefore companies change, and then they therefore think that they continue. They continually need to change, even mm. though society or people don't want that change. But it's yeah, it's this weird, really weird, weird thing that we have in society. It's it's, yeah. it's the businesses changing for the better of them, but then they're disguising it by saying oh no it's it's an update for you guys it's not for us it's, it's for you guys yeah. when really it's just to help them it's like fundamentally like you're saying Harry, like football is a pretty straightforward game kick the ball <laughs> in the you know kick the ball between these posts if you've got a net fantastic if you haven't doesn't matter we'll you know we'll keep track you don't need a massive amount of equipment you just need a ball it's not a hard game but it, and it, it's a game that's come from literally from nothing but yet, obviously, the people with the money are wanting to cash in on, on this. And by doing that, unfortunately, it's, it's taking away some of the values of football, but also it's it's, it's putting a lot of strain on, 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 the, on the values of football for the sake of entertainment. Where's the fine line, though, between when it doesn't need to change and when it absolutely fundamentally does need to change? Um... I think I think it's when when you get situations that people are calling out like a whole sort of world is calling out for it like for example goal line technology it was just glaringly obvious that that needed to come in given that the technology was already there in other sports because and everyone was calling for it it took like 10 years to come in people been calling for it for ages I don't hear anyone talking about oh, corners just don't work, man. Like, seriously, like, every time we get a corner, I'm just thinking, oh, God, well, what's going to happen now? No one's talking about corners. No one is asking for corners. No one's asking for two, a World Cup every two years either. Like, it just, these things are just, I think that, I think that, that would be my answer to your question, Dave. It's like, if, if, it, if it comes up organically as a request from the whole footballing world, footballing world then, then it's worth listening to. And there was a, there was a lot, this is what I don't understand. There's so much reluctance from FIFA to bring in technology for like VAR and goal line technology and stuff. But even though the whole world is calling for it, but other things they're very quick on doing. I think, I think the, the, the recent actions of the nation, the, the Super League, sorry, not Nations League, the Super League um, is a good example of obviously the rich wanting to make an exclusive league, which, you know, essentially isn't great because, there's no real challenge because you've not get you're not getting any relegation. You've always got to have the same teams there. There's no consequence. Um, and then failing that, you're taking big teams out of you know their their nation um, that they're playing. And it was just really you know it was, it was nice to see that such an uproar globally um, because it was deemed as an attack on football because it was like you know you're taking it away now you you. Basically, if you if you do this, then there's the fo- football's gone essentially because mm. if if it's literally a case of how much money do you want, then yeah, I think yeah that d- definitely demonstrates the power that that 
the collective has in stopping these things even even though that was the situation i i really didn't think it was going to stop when when it was announced and mm. even though everyone was dead set against it it's just one of these situations where it doesn't care what the people think because because mm. it's all about what the what the, well, yeah, what the, the top fits. think and, yeah. and so it was really and it, you know i think football is unlikely to come together again in such a mass scale unless something as significant as that happens again but it, but it, it's almost a shame really because it is just you know it shows what power can be done to you know but i'd like to see you know i mean i look I'm, i don't want to go all gary neville on on this whole thing but i'd like to see some sort of legislative protection of of clubs and leagues and and football systems generally to 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 just stop all this meddling from from above and if, if everyone came together on it jubilee is going to happen has yeah I, I i think it probably will at some point and and i will i think it the only way to stop it is to have because fifa are not are not going to legislate for that uefa i guess have have their stake in in what they want but i think it will take you know actual countries to legislate for this and see you know i don't know how easy that would be but i think that's the only way to I think as the Premier League gets richer and richer and the European clubs become poorer and poorer, like you mentioned it a while back, has that look what's happening to Barcelona. If they become a shadow of their former selves, similarly with Real Madrid, Serie A, um, League on, which isn't even in the top five leagues anymore, mm. like they're going to be desperate <laughs> and they're going to need yeah. money and revenue to get back to where they were. So if that happens, I can hundred and I don't and I wonder if they'll actually include the Premier League clubs or whether it'll be sort of similar to a yeah, but it'll be egg, egg, yeah, yeah, where the Premier League clubs will have to be excluded for it because we can't afford to make them richer. So mm. we'll have the Premier League and then some other Super League or whatever. There's an interesting um, point being being spoken about the um, obviously the Newcastle takeover recently and doesn't help and. Obviously, yeah, it doesn't help, but it, it, someone said the. I wonder how long it it gets or how far it gets to the point where fans are no longer needed, like money-wise. Because obviously Newcastle, yeah, they've got a great fan base, but I don't, you know, when. Oh, I see. It's not affecting their owners' pockets. Yeah, if yeah. No one turns up because because yeah. when you go into when you go into your your team. Did, Despite what what league it is, especially in the lower leagues, at least you, you've got some kind of ownership or you've got some kind of share because you know that that money is going towards that club, like going towards that club. And when it comes to a point where with Newcastle, they they know that if they're paying X Y Z amount of money for a ticket, they're like, well, it's not going anywhere. Like, where is it going? Like, why should we have to pay X Y Z amount of money um, to? to to watch this amount of football when you don't necessarily need it. Mm. So it's kind of like, you know, will the fans then eventually, you know, drift off and go, go somewhere where they feel like the money's more um, beneficial for the club. So then they feel like they're part of like an inclusive club or are they happy to be where they are and just put money towards something that doesn't already necessarily need it. This this was the scary thing about the Super League because essentially what they wanted was to be to be rid of their you know they 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 didn't want anything to do with the broadcasters they wanted to essentially broadcast you know ha- be able to uh, you know uh, 
get rich from their own sort of you know in in from yeah. their own sort of broadcasting potential i've worded that terribly but my brain's not working <laughs> today um and they i, I kept hearing all these things about because they, they essentially what they wanted to do was you know if, if if they split into their own league they can start charging people around the globe a pound so you pay a pound and you get to watch the game live in hd from your phone who wouldn't pay for that every single person around the per- around the globe who's vaguely into football will happily pay for that and they'd be for, they'd be free to because they because because they don't all they own the license to, they own their own licenses they wouldn't be indebted to it to any other broadcasting companies or any any other league and everyone would pay for it and as you said Ro, that would lead to a situation where they don't, they don't need fans anymore they don't care about the match going fans they did that really doesn't make a difference to them anymore and as much as that's obviously the the the, the correct way to go if you're a businessman mm. it's just it just won't just one of the just make make money for someone somewhere and make football worse and if any if anyone with any power has any sense they will try and so this is what this is why i'm so disappointed with vega i know he's not obviously saying anything about the super league but it just shows that he's wedded to the idea of football's just about making money and you know i wonder if it did go down the extreme route of not wanting fans whether they'll have like standless stadiums mm. <laughs> they didn't need fans or anything to go but they obviously need a pitch and everything but well, I know. thought it, it was interesting when um, I saw a clip of when because obviously during the pandemic the, the WWE the wrestling guys they, they put a load of like screens around the, around the ring yeah. and fans could tune in and they'd be there and they'd be able to yeah. kind of make noise through the screen did that in um in a few Premier League stadiums, if I'm not mistaken. Did they? Yeah, they'll have like that screen in like the head of the seat, and yeah. then it's like you're there, like I mean, you can, you can... watching it from home, but it's like you're actually in the yeah, stadium. Yeah, you can see the appeal. If you're a businessman, you go, "Oh my god!" You know, everyone's <laughs> going to apply for these. They're going to people from around the world are going to pay 150 quid to to be, you know, oh god. And then and then you're right. And then no one will be in the stadium. The atmosphere will be crap. Uh, how, local fans will be completely priced out. Oh, you look completely demoralized. I just, yeah, I'm just like, oh, because you know, it's one of those things. I'm really trying. Don't be knocked out of you. I just, I just sort of think in my head, it's like football's so great, and mm-hmm. there's so many good things about the sport, and it, I love the fact that football kind of brings you like brilliant highs and brilliant lows, but mm-hmm. at the same time, does not matter in any shape or form. It doesn't, you know, it's mm-hmm. not like. It does and it doesn't. I, I know, I know, it doesn't, doesn't. But what I'm saying is, ultimately. Like if something, without getting too deep, if something you know, if if you lose your job or your someone in your in your family dies or blah 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 blah, blah some some serious thing in your that's that's something that matters. If your team loses, you're not you you might be down about it, but you're not you know financially screwed <laughs> over by it. You're not professionally screwed over by it. You're not really personally screwed over by it. Generally speaking, it has this. It's one of these few things in life that has the ability to bring really big if you allow it, really big highs, big lows as well, but you know they make the highs good with that and it doesn't really just doesn't matter and i just it's such a shame that something as unique as that has the potential to be just tampered with and ruined for the sake of you know for the masses for the yeah, masses, the masses yeah. Money. yeah so top one percent yeah well we we dive very deep into that yes, rabbit hole did. didn't we that went a lot darker than i thought i'd said that's like some yeah, of course. Yeah, but corners, yeah, so corners just stay the same in conclusion. <laughs>
<laughs> so who who should win who should win the Ballon d'Or this year? There's been a, obviously the cat the the short list is out, mm. and it's exciting for me this year because for the first time in probably what feels like about ten years, there's a few Chelsea players in the, in contention for it. I just wanted to get your guys up. There's been lots of talk about it this this week, and I think the voting is pretty soon. Um, and I think it's pr- I, I I can't call who's who's going to win. I think there's a favourite, but I can't call. Can't call. Is, is there anyone that you guys have a particularly strong opinion on? Because you know, obviously, for ages it was Ronaldo, Messi, Ronaldo, Messi, and it was it was fairly straightforward. And obviously, we've had a couple of years with, without it being just those two. But this year, I think is quite interesting, generally speaking. I mean, I guess the the front runners being Messi, Jorginho, Lewandowski, Kante. Is there anyone else that I've missed off that list? Uh, I think those they're the full four bookies' favourites, but there may be other people in the room. Aspilicueta, Barella, Benzema, Benucci, De Bruyne, Chiellini, Ronaldo, Diaz, Donnarumma, Fernandez, Foden, Haaland, Jorginho, Kane, Kante, um, Kajer. Is that it? Simon Kajer. Oh, he's yeah. Pure, that's purely saving Ericsson's life, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Lewandowski, Lukaku, Mares, Martinez, Mbappe, Messi, Modric, Morello. Oh, yeah, no, no, Moreno, Gerard Moreno, Moreno, Gerard Moreno, yeah. Um, Mount Neymar, Pedri, Salah, Sterling, and Suarez. As a side note, it's mad that Pedri, 18's a candidate, has been nominated. I think, but this is personal, I'm I'm calling bollocks. Yeah, I think he's only got in there because of all the hype of him playing X, Y, Z amount of games in one season. I I tend to that was my that was my reaction as well. I kind of thought, is that a bit of a kind? Because look, he's he's been he's been very good, and obviously he was great. He was great for Spain in the Euros as well. But I was a bit like, okay, he's 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 had a good year for an eighteen-year-old, but I mean, but he's not won anything, has he? Well, this, this is this is why I wanted to talk. This is why I wanted to talk about some of the candidates. Because what do you what what do you guys? I mean, we've, we the people, Ballon d'Or gets talked about a lot. But what do you guys look for in a Ballon d'Or winner? Do you go like who's achieved the most, who's or who's just performed the best, or do, like does the team, you know, does does team performance factor heavily into deciding who 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 wins, for example, or or is it less important? For, like for example, because you just said there with with um, Pedri's not won anything and I know Messi won the Copa, Copa America but the criticism of his year with Barcelona is he hasn't you know obviously Barcelona had a had quite an underwhelming year is that does that come into into your thinking if when you're considering these sorts think, of players for me it's, it's their contribution as an individual towards the team granted the might not the team might not have won anything and I think a prime example of this would be Harry Kane Obviously, they didn't win anything last season, but Harry Kane got a golden ball and golden assists, or the most of them assists last season. Yeah, so, is it? You know, he's take them out of Tottenham season. Don't know where they'd end up, but I just feel like he's contributed individually for his team, and Tottenham were in great positions at times to potentially win some trophies. <laughs> But obviously, you know, it's the Ballon d'Or is more or less an individual, not a team. Well, so I feel even, like you could even take if you took him out of Tottenham, put him in a title challenging team, he could have potentially won a team a title with. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But then 
you know, is it going off international as well? Who knows? Because, you know, internationally, Kane's been, you know, part of a, a revolution, the South, Southgate revolution. So, I don't know. I, I think, for me, I think, um, in the way that he started this season, I think Salah has to be up there, surely. Now, is that, are you are saying that honestly, or are you saying that because of his recent form? <laughs> I'm saying that because because this is something I wanted to touch on actually. Like Salah's in unbelievable form, but as is quite typical with the world of football, he has a very short memory. Like he's 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 on sparkling form at the moment, but to suggest that this has been his form, I know it's not what you were saying, but to suggest no. that the form has been like that the entire year and and he deserves a sort of ballot, like I think quite. Quite right that he's not talking. Like he's, he's he's had he's been fine, but th- this last couple of weeks has been has been quite has been very very good. But I don't think that's representative of his whole tw- twelve months. I'm just looking as well. Is Donnarumma the only goalkeeper? He isn't, and there was more. So again, just through sort of Chelsea links, there was a lot of supposed controversy over the fact that Mendy wasn't picked. Now, I think it was. Um, Mane, because he's Senegalese, Mane was was complaining about it. Yeah. Um, Koulibaly was also complaining about it, even said it's because of his race that he's not considered. I'm not sure. I, I like, you know, I like Mendy. And in fact, I remember there was a couple of, I think at the start of this year, we had a conversation about Mendy versus Donnarumma. And I was like, I'd be quite happy with Mendy. And a lot of you got, I think all of you just went like, or particularly Ash, because he's not here. Ash is like, lol. And look, I'm not saying he, he's better than that, but I think Mendy's a good a good goalkeeper. But I, I just, I don't like the idea of it's like, well, he won the Champions League, so therefore he should be included. Mm, yeah. He's not had like a kind of, you know, you know, when Manuel Neuer was on was on absolute top form and, and you could just, there was sort of loads of things you could point to in a game where you're like, this guy is, is unbelievable this year and he's making such a difference. Mendy's been solid and part of a Champions League winning team. It's not like he's been unbelievable. And, you know, when, you know, when we won the Champions League, when Chelsea won the Champions League in 2012, Petr Cech was, was absolutely central to that, mm. to that um, run, you know, behind probably Didier Drogba. That would be more of a kind of, I think, reason to nominate someone for the Ballon d'Or. I don't really, Mendy's been, Mendy's been great, but I don't think, I don't like this whole thing of, you know, well, his team's won something, so he should. It's the same same reason I'm a bit uncomfortable with Jorginho being, as much as I, I rate Jorginho as a Chelsea fan, like he's like second favourite. And it's, well, okay, but if he hadn't won the Champions League and the Euros, there is not a chance in hell this conversation would be happening. In that case, should you not then be against Donnarumma being on that list? Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't vote for Donnarumma, but I, I think that probably if you were going to look at the year generally. I mean, I think he had a, I think he had a good Euros and a good season with Milan. And I don't know. I can't think of, I can't think again, if it was going to make the list, I don't think, yeah, I don't think I'd have have put him on there. There wouldn't have been a a standout keeper from that. Um, I think that's likewise me with like either Benucci or Cialini throughout the entire last season. I didn't hear how well either of them had been playing, but yeah, they had a fantastic Euros. And I feel like that's kind of done him a bit of justice to get him into this. Yeah, I guess that's hard to say because we're not, we don't really watch Serie A. So true, true. But I just, yeah. But you've, I mean, Juventus have been 
were weak last year. They finished fourth, I think. But but also, I also think there are some names that kind of just get nominated just because, like Mod, like Modric, I saw on the list. What on God's good earth has Modric done this year? Real Madrid have been rubbish. And do you remember for ages there was that you could n- always name the back four in the FIFA World Team of the Year. It was always doesn't matter how well they performed or badly. It was always Ramos, PK, Danny Alves, and Marcelo. Every year, doesn't matter what was else was going on, who else was doing well. It was those four all the time. And I, I, sorry, I was no, no, I, I was just going to say I feel like saying that that sort of thing has happened with Chiellini and Bonucci. They're stalwarts enough to get the vote, even if they haven't been particularly strong, and they won the Euros. So that's what people remember. Yeah, I was just going to say, do you think it's then better to have a separate award then for like best player within a team, or or do you think it's just because, like you said, you sort of you group in people together, aid the individual brilliant players. So like the Messi, like you said, Barcelona didn't do too well, but he had a stellar season. And Lewandowski, well, Bayern always do well, but you could name probably like another few compared mm-hmm. to people like Jorginho's, the Donnarumma's, who within a certain system did really well with a, with a team or a club or something. Do you think it would be, then be better to separate those two categories and have separate awards then? Yeah, possibly. I, it, it may be perhaps, even, or even in a way that, you know, we have the PFA Player of the Year and then the Football Writers Player yeah, of the Year. Yeah. Now, the, the, problem with, the problem with doing that, if you did want to segregate it into a kind of, as you say, like an individual award and then like a team player award, Ultimately, you would just have one being the Ballon d'Or would remain the prestigious one, and no one would really care too much about the the second one. But I do think it's interesting because when I talk to lots of people, everyone has a different definition of who should win the Ballon d'Or. Like some people think it should be the person who who's won the most competitions. Someone, another person would think it should be the person who scores the most goals. I t- tend to believe it just uh, it should be given to the, who's been the best player. And but I also kind of perhaps wrongly take into account. Even if, even if they, um, I, you know, I think the Ballon d'Or should represent who the best player in the world is in some way. I don't mean like, okay, if, well, if, if Messi gets injured, you should still give it to him. But for the whole year, you still give it to him. But do you know what I mean? I, 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 that's, that's how I look at it. But that, that might not be how everyone else looks at it. So, he's so good. He's always nine times. Probably him and Ronaldo are always, always going to win it because of the goals, the contributions, they're in <clears> title winning, Champions League competing, international competing competitions. Yeah. I, I probably would agree with that. I think it's the best player, but that in itself sort of limits who can win it in a way. Yeah, Give it, give it Lewandowski for the year that he should have won it. Yeah, so that's the, a lot of people have said that they want to give it to him for last year, and he's been good. He has been good though as well. He has been good. Should have won it. Yeah, percent should have won it. Was it Lego? Did Lego contact him saying we'll give you a Lego version of it <laughs> for free? So, and I find that quite funny, but a bit condescending. Like, yeah. Um, I think for for me, it all depends on what kind of what style of player attracts you the most. Like my style of play, my style of play, or four four fucking two. Um, but I think I don't know. I'd I think I'd love it if Kante got it. I would love it because he's he had a bit of a dip with the Lampard regime uh, because he wasn't getting played that often. And then under Tuchel, he's just coming. He's just had an absolute blinder, and he still continues to have a blinder. Like in the Champions League, amazing for France. He's consistent all the time, no matter what. That's why 
people go, oh, Pogba's so good for France like, because he's got Kante behind him. He's got a genuine great player behind him that can essentially do like two or three players' jobs. Why should he then win it over Messi who gets goals and assists like there's no tomorrow? What true, true. I just, I don't know. I just feel like the Messi Ronaldo thing. I know Harry, you're not that fond of this opinion, but I'm bored of it. Well, this is a, yeah, but this is how a lot of people think, it. and and yeah, it's yeah. and it makes. I mean, that's the reason Modric won it. Let's be honest. Um, and all that stuff plays a part because because, and it's because of that. I often think like I I try, and this is impossible, but I try and take every year in isolation and take all contexts out. So I just imagine if I just woke up from a coma, had no idea who any of these footballers would be. No idea about any of their past. Who would I vote for? And I mean, every every for example, every year that's messy, just, just for the record. But but that, yeah, I know what you mean, Ro, because there are a lot of that. You know, I guess in some ways that that to, to a lot of people that context will be important because it's like, well, fair enough. Like you're unbelievable, but compared to previous years, you're not doing so well. So it's hard for me to sort of say that you're there yeah. and. That's, that, 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 yeah, I think yeah, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. I think like in previous years when they've won it, they've won it at a much better standard, and yet mm. they're still winning it now that their standards lower. For me, it's kind of like well, I don't know. Just don't, like we, we've seen the best from them, and yeah, this might be this might be better than what might be currently on the market, but. It's not as good as what it can be. So why should we vote for it when we know it's been better in the past? Would you mm. say that should be a prerequisite of the Ballon d'Or? Like you can only win it multiple times year after year if you better the year previously. Mm, potentially, yeah. Or, or, or what about you can only win it once? That would be an interesting rule. Well, this is the thing. Can you only win the Golden Boy once? I don't think so. I think, but you quickly. You, no, no. Someone, someone won it two years in a row, didn't? Or am I thinking of? Because Haaland won it last year, and he wasn't. Yeah. He's not listed this year. That's well, because he in, he's in the Ballon d'Or. Well, Pedri's in Ballon d'Or and Golden Boot. I'm thinking in both. Like you have yeah. to be a certain like you have to be twenty because he's twenty one. Yeah. Maybe it's like the cutoff is you have to you have to be. Oh no, because when, oh, when oh, I, yeah, maybe at the start of the year or yeah, something. No, like. Maybe right. I'm I'm thinking of the prim, uh, the young Premier League player. You, that you that, one, that one's like backwards. Twenty four. Like, <laughs> yeah, tw- oh, yeah. You've got I mean, Sterling still competing for that. It's like twenty seven. <laughs> it's like what? I um. I would, I would love to. I, I wouldn't vote for him personally, but I, I'd love to see Kante win it. Just be just over massively over Jorginho because I think that if if Kante won it, I think it would be quite a a nice sort of hallmark for because it, no it one could get, be, no one could be annoyed if he won it. No, and and it would demonstrate the kind of when we, we've talked about it before that the unique player in football history that he is. Yeah, and it would be quite you know rather than Jorginho winning it, who's Jorginho is fine, but you, you don't look at Jorginho as this generational talent that that Kante is and you know if anyone was gonna kind of break the 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 nor the normal mold I, I would you know happily have it be him but as I say I would I wouldn't still I just can't I can't until he until the the, the, the impact that he has on the pitch reduces I just can't not vote for Messi I just can't see perhaps I'm just perhaps I'm just I'm too I'm too blinkered but when does the Ballon d'Or like consider 
I think they do the voting like, any time the... from like now, but I think. But I mean, like, what's the time frame? So, like, the season in which is it? Oh, well, they they so they say they say it's from January to to December, but ultimately it never is. It, it's they they start voting now, which means and the season's only just begun, and it's always the same way. At the I, I was going to say this as well. They should stop doing it in January. They should just do it at the end of a season. Yeah, or at the end of a summer. You know, award it in September. And, yeah, it should be end of season. And just have, yeah, just have it include the international competition if you if you want to. But yeah, it would it would uh, it, I think yeah, it would just maybe there's a reason why they don't why they do it in January. Maybe it's easier to because often like my, my dis, I don't like it when people focus too much on what a club has won. So maybe if they figure they do it at the end of the year, then people um, will only ever give it to teams who have won. But still, I think that already happens anyway. So. Um, I think yeah, for me, I think I'd like to see Kante have it. But got it. So if we if we're voting for it, so so I'm gonna. I my vote would be Messi. I I I think Messi deserves. I think even even with a disappointing year at Barca, that the, obviously the Argent, the Argentina thing was great. I don't think he was particularly amazing in that tournament, but it's, he's finally won a competition with them. But I just still think that we we completely take it, him and his abilities for granted. He's he's. Just does everything. A bit um, underrated, Harry. <laughs> yes, he is underrated. He's massively underrated. But so that that would be my my vote for him. I, I just can't couldn't give it to anyone else. Row. Um, I'm torn. I'm torn. Um, I, I would love to see Kante have it. I feel like Lewandowski deserves justice. Justice. God. Um. <sighs> I don't know. You're gonna have to come back to me. All right, Dave. I'm sorry, but looking at Lewandowski's stars, it has to be Lewandowski. Lewandowski. <laughs> He's just a goal machine. He's just phenomenal. But but has he? Uh, if you're going on goal, this is not me being a dick. This is just me exploring. If you're going on goal specifically, has he has he outscored Messi? I mean. I'm I mean, going... I think he might have done, but has he done uh, <laughs> incre- like I think only maybe only by like seven or eight goals. So this is just going off Bundesliga, so league form. So and remember, way. remember how unbelievably dominant Bayern are in the Bundesliga, and how, and how not unbelievably dominant Barca are. Yeah. That's why I was thinking that is that something you should take into account? Yeah, you're right. Barca obviously were pretty poor last season, but then. Would you not say that naturally? Could you then balance out by saying naturally Messi is a far superior player? So even though he, he plays for a less superior team, but it's a far superior talent compared mm. to Lewandowski, who plays for a far superior team, but it's a oh, less superior talent. So you're saying Lewandowski's got the numbers in spite of having less ability? Is that what yeah, it's all like, Therefore, he, deserves more credit. Not even less credit. I think it's more, can you then just balance out and say it's even taking those factors into account? Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose. I mean, I, I just, I, as long as they're both utilizing their talents, I think if one has more talent and is utilizing it than the other mm-hmm. with less talent who is utilizing their talent, I, I go to the guy with more talent because as long as he's utilizing it, I wouldn't give it to him. If, <laughs> you know, like a Pogba, you, Pogba's got loads of talent but rarely <laughs> utilizes it. But you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not like, it's not, a game doesn't go by where Messi d- done something amazing, you know. In, he may not. He may not influence. I don't want to. I don't want to sound like. A, I don't want to sound like I'm completely like in love. In love with him and won't ever hear a bad word. But you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> I think I try. I try and look at it again. As I said before, like I have no idea who these players are. I have no idea about context. If I looked at every game 
you know, if I had, if you showed me a, a Barca game, a Bayern game, a Chelsea game, all the you know, Man City game, PSG game, and I had no idea who any of these players are, Messi would, is the one that stat would stand Surely, if Lewandowski's getting like four goals a game, you're going to be like, whoa, who's that guy? Yeah, but, but but again, there's this obsession with goal scoring in today modern football. That's like goal scoring is everything. Like like so, the amount of but the mess like every, you know Messi will will beat two players inside a inside a telephone box, chip it through <laughs> to to someone on the far bank who will cross it for a goal, and Messi won't have any statistical recognition for that. Are you but sure that still be that? his goal. <laughs> what an analogy, by the way. I like that. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, this is. I think this is where it's all fascinating because it's like there's no right answer to any of this, really. Who football but... Manager has mm. who? Because for those that don't know, we love Football Manager on the podcast. Bar Ro, not to... uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, oh, you're back in it. You're in it now, Ro. It's, it's, yeah. it's a slow burner. Yeah. So you. So we know that when you're a top manager, blah blah, blah you get to vote for Ballon d'Or, all these things. Who do you vote for? Because you sort of have a, a almost like a veil of ignorance. You don't know these players. You don't see them inside out. You just see the stats. So who do you vote for in the context of football manager? Good question. I mean, the, the, the cheat answer is usually I'm managing a club. So I will I will vote for the main place for my club. Schroeder. But, but, but yeah, Schroeder, without any that. But um, football manager's got a, a little stat called, you know, average rating, which is kind of, again, a bit of a cheat. So you yeah. I, I usually, I, I would never trust that outside of football. I, I don't trust any of these like yeah, opta yeah, yeah. ratings. I don't trust, yeah, in football yeah. manager, I kind of just go, for, fair enough. So I, I would probably do that. And, and you're right. I, simplistically i would probably look at goals as well as like a second uh, metric but i don't feel like if, if if i had the ability in football manager to watch all of these games properly and actually you know seek out how good these players are you know i might have a different perspective so i don't know whether it, it quite qualifies as a, as a comparison but yeah uh, i mean if we're going off them kind of stats for you Egby, with Lewandowski, we could talk about my wonder child that a lot of people wrote off Harry. James um, Mr. Kane. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Harry Kane. No, um, Erling Haaland. Erling, Erling yeah. Oh, okay. Because for Dortmund, he's played 68 games. He's scored 70 goals and mm. 19 assists. Okay, so I'm looking at his stats for last year. So again, we can take into account Dortmund. On... Well, he's only been... He's been double, like... Just over two seasons, really, isn't he? Yeah. Or, you know, technically two seasons. Yeah, so, I mean, he's played 28, scored 27, which is okay. <laughs> which is obviously... <laughs> okay, is, yeah. <laughs> which is obviously ridiculous and six assists. But maybe, again, I have... My bias comes in. I have an affinity towards Lewandowski. I think he was cheated out of it the year before. I think even taking that aside, I think... He is a phenomenal striker, a complete striker that is everything. There's nothing that he can't do mm. as a player. And yeah, may, and maybe that's all that it comes down to. There's no real right or wrong answer. It comes down to biases and preferences. Yeah, that is the beauty of football. Mm. But the, the Haaland thing is is fair. Like, he's, I think he's statistically got more than... Well, yeah, Lewandowski this year. I don't know. Yeah, it was very close last year. But like... Again, this is my thing with goals. Obviously, I, I'm starting to realise I'm probably going to be wrong about Haaland as much as I still don't think he's a like, <laughs> still don't think he's like 
a complete player. I think I, I still have the same. Anyway, <laughs> you guys are giving me some funny looks, so I'll move on quickly. Um, but like, there's, you know, <laughs> Haaland offers an incredible amount mm. going forward, but but is quite limited, at, you know, as, as elsewhere. Not that he, not that he, I don't, so I don't mean that as a slight. He's not, I don't expect him to be amazing at tracking back and tackling and, and playing yeah. through balls. But, but, but that's what, like, he's sort of, very much there for one reason, which is scoring and 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 being part of the absolute end product. And you look at someone like Cristiano Ronaldo, who arguably came into Juventus, scored a load of goals, made them worse. Coming to Man United, he's scoring, he's making them worse. And football is not all about goals. You could you could have someone who who finishes goals and scores loads, and technically a lot of the time that will probably produce a result, but it doesn't necessarily always mean that. Therefore, because he's scoring, it means he's helping the team, or he's. Then you're taking team achievement into consideration, then, which is something that you said you don't necessarily have to take into. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 true, and I, I'm not I'm not saying that I'm using that to, to discount it, but I, I I'm almost bring bring that up to kind of avoid this and you know thing of where people usually kind of point to goals and go, well, that's the only that's the only thing I need to yeah, consider. Yeah. I know that neither of you are doing that, but a lot of yeah, people yeah. do. And they kind of go, he's scored 10 goals. That guy scored eight goals. The 10 goal guy is obviously better and I won't hear anything else. Like, yeah. it's just, it's just sort of, yeah. I think his goal contribution, I think assists, goals. Um, and, and I don't know, I think it's harder because I think it's easy because I think football is more than just scoring goals, but predominantly it's scoring goals. Goals win games. And I think that's why when... It's, it's easier to then look at those metrics and stats and say, right, he's the better player. And I think it's that's why maybe it's so easy for a striker or an attacker to win it. So that's why maybe you need an exceptional midfielder or defender or keeper to win it. That's probably what makes it even more special when someone else does win it because it's so easy to say, yeah, he's got 60 goals, he's got 50, right? The 60-goal yeah. guy wins. Basically what you're saying now. So I think... With what you've seen from the the non-attacking players, would you say that they generally do deserve it because they've been exceptional over the Messi's, the Lewandowski's, Ronaldo's, etc.? Well, yeah, as you said, it, it, football is swayed in that way that we always put attacking ability above everything else. Um, I, I I think it's harder in my head for attacking players to win it just because really? I think that I think that, that Messi and and Ronaldo as well, but particularly Messi has shown that that being brilliant is not just all about end products. And and I think that if you can have um, is why for for loads of you know championing Modric years before he was in contention to win the Ballon d'Or, and I was you know kept saying. Because statistically, he never pops up. He doesn't score and he doesn't assist. But he'll he'll do so much else that is unquantifiable. And I I, I value that often above maybe because I'm fucking contrarian. But I, I just I value those sorts of things above like you know <laughs> things that are just glaring. You know, scoring goals is obviously gonna you know gonna be a thing that gets you gets you credit. But I you know I, I respect players who can who you know you know have, have made a difference in a game, even if it's not particularly quantifiable, if that makes sense. But in conclusion, so I, I, would, vote, I would vote Messi. Dave, you would vote uh, 
Lewandowski. Yeah, I'll go Robert, yeah, Lewandowski. And Mr. Rowe? I'm going to go Kante. Kante, okay. Would you say, I think, because I know you sort of answered it has, but would you say that, and this is Euro, would you say that Kante's been so exceptional that it, like, eclipses everything that Messi... It's Kante. <laughs> it eclipses everything that is Kante. But then, in a way, are you not doing what maybe Harry does with Messi in the sense of you're not you're a bit blinded by the the wonder and splendor of Kante fairly or unfairly so are you actually being I I don't I don't think Kante's actually had an like an amazing like he's had it he said he was very good under Tuchel because the system suited him but like the Lampard years and and the and the um and the Sarri four through three he was good and, and he's Kante so he has that uniqueness but like yeah it's almost a shame to cut kind of, you know I, I know what you mean you don't want to kind of give it to him because because you're like oh his sort of style of, I think that's I think this is why he won the player of the year in, in 2017 it should have really gone to Hazard but I think he won it because people kind of felt it's Kante like he deserves it and he was yeah. amazing for Leicester and didn't win it and and now mm-hmm. he's come to Chelsea and we should probably give it to him this year yeah. If he wins the Ballon d'Or, I think it will be that. It will be kind of he's so unbelievable, and maybe he's not the best player, but like, come on, it's him. Yeah, and he's like a pit, not like it's pity, but not. It's like, oh, but he's so nice and he's so. And like, he's <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm sure, that, I'm sure that helps him. And yeah, it's like, oh, he's so unassuming, and oh, it's Kante. Just give it to him, and it's like that's sentimental. But, but is that actually how we should go about? But I, I also, I also think that even if his year has not been amazing, I think people recognise that when he's when obviously when he's when he's on form. He's so good and such a unique player and does things that, dare I say, no one else can do in his position that, that I think people sort of forgive the fact that there might not be necessarily like the longevity or consistency of another player. So if Messi has a season where he scores two goals and has five assists, do you think he should win it just because he's Messi? Well, I would have to have watched him and, and understand exactly what his role is. Like if, he, if he's playing up front and he's missing a load of chances, <laughs> then, then no. But, 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 if, but if his role is a deeper role and he's playing in midfield and he's setting up all these things and he's dictating the way things work, and, and then, yeah, I don't think not scoring goals or or the assisting things should should stand in the way of being recognised as having a bit of being good. Like, you know, uh, play, when players go through goal droughts, does that mean that you're, you're playing crap? Or does it mean that you, you're playing well, you just haven't... You know, sometimes it means they're playing crap, but it doesn't always mean they're playing crap. It just might mean that you're playing, you're play, actually playing really well. You know, I, I just I remember thinking about this the other day because Lukaku had a disallowed goal against mm, Brentford, and I remember he's on a six-game goal drought at the time of recording, and and I remember thinking like, he's okay, he's, he's put the ball in the net, he scored, obviously it didn't count, but I can't say that that because he's standing a two inches offside <laughs> is the difference between him playing really well right now or not playing well at all. It doesn't make sense. He, he's playing well, he just hasn't scored. I don't think this whole it, it, are we, you know, this is why I don't look, this is why I hate looking at statistics for, for this sort of thing. I harp on about it too often, but, you know, I just think, yeah. But then could you argue, I mean, just playing devil's advocate, mm. say, that, that if he was on form, would he not that have, would he not then have that bit of sharpness to maybe, you know, curb his enthusiasm or make that decision or not be offside? You know, he, he would be a bit sharper. And that's why. 
Yeah, no, of course. There's all that to consider, and I and as you say, like you'd have to look at it contextually, and you have to look at like what you know, what what was he trying to do? What what's the situation of the game? All this sort of stuff. But again, that you're doing the right thing. You're 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 considering all of that stuff, and you're looking at it really sort of meticulously. Whereas most people will go, "Did he score today? No. Well, he's playing crap then, and that's just lazy and wrong. It's not always wrong, but it, but it's but it's it can be wrong. Even the though, context, yeah, yeah." what's going on yeah ladies and gentlemen thank you very much once again for joining us who do you think should win the Ballon d'Or this year feel free to let us know on social media we're on Instagram and Twitter both handles at edge of the box pod and we'll see you again next week bye bye